Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very, very exciting. And it is exciting because we are so much, no, I was going to say we're so much close to summer, but we're not. We're like 76 days until it's warm in the evenings. And I'm so excited because my house is freezing right now. I'm sat in bed. I have my electric blanket on. I have my duvet on. I have another blanket on. I have a thermal vest on. I have my pajamas on. I have a jumper I think you're getting the picture, like I am freezing, absolutely freezing, but do you know what I have stuck to this week? I have gone to the gym after work and I have gone into the office four days a week and I'm starting to realise that maybe I've lulled myself into a false sense of what I think is actually good versus what is actually good. Maybe four days in the office is what I should be doing because I have it where I can do 50-50. And so I really told myself that I could just do 50-50 and I'd be happy. But I'm starting to realize like in the office, I'm so much happier because there's people to talk to and talking to people at work is so important. And you don't realize it until you're not doing it regularly. And I had really lulled myself into just being at home was easier because I could just carry on and work on my own. But when you are talking to people, that's such an important part of being as part of a team. And that's such an important part of working. And so even though I thought it was easier because I could sleep for longer and I thought that was more important. I think it's really important to have a balance. And that's really what I'm going to be taking into the kind of like this next new year of making work work for me is realizing the thing that I want isn't necessarily the thing that I should have. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes I will just want the easy option. But this year I'm trying to be disciplined. Like this is the year of discipline of like actually really trying hard at everything I'm doing because I did always try hard but sometimes I wouldn't. A perfect example is the gym. I would go to the gym, but I wouldn't really try hard in the gym. I'd give a very half-assed attempt, like, I'd just do a bit of something, rather than actually, like, really pushing myself at the thing I was doing, and I never really got the euphoric, like, feeling afterwards, because it just kind of felt like nothing, do you know what I mean? Like, I really didn't try, whereas this week, I've been three times, and I have, every single time I've gone, I've really tried, Even though one of those times I did only go for 25 minutes because the gym was packed, it doesn't matter because I have really tried and at least I went. And I think learning how to make it all work for me and learning what I really like and learning what are the good days to have off because I always thought I'd prefer having my weekends free and like not doing any exercise on those. But I actually think it's not. I actually think sometimes it's nice just to have a bit more chill in the week where you're working, to have a little bit more of a break. And when I do have more time, it's really nice to be able to like just go outside and go for a run, which I don't normally have time to do. And if I didn't work out in the week, if I didn't work out the weekend, then I would never have time to do that because I am not running in the dark. That is something I refuse to do. Sometimes I think I'm too aware of safety things. It must make me a really boring person. But I am so aware of everything that could go wrong, which means if there's even the hint that something could go wrong, there's no chance I'm doing it. There is literally zero way that that is ever going to happen. I would, the canal is a no-go zone. Even if I'm getting the tube back late at night, that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. It puts me off doing things. It actually makes me an anti, like an antisocial person, I think, because I'm so aware of the things that could happen. But anyway, it's been my first week back in London. I had my first weekend back in London last weekend, and it was lovely. I feel like that's when we last chatted to each other because I recorded the podcast on the Saturday morning. But it was just really lovely. And it's nice being back this time. I feel like I needed some time away. I was getting quite overwhelmed with it all and trying to work out how I was going to do it all. My brain was starting to feel a little bit like, oh, this is a lot and I don't really know how to deal with it. 
But having that time away has made me appreciate the small bits more. And I think going into the office and stuff makes me feel less closed in because I was realizing when I was just staying at home, I have the capacity to stay at home forever. Like, I'm not gonna lie. You know, some people get cabin fever. I never get cabin fever. I've never, ever got that. I'm very comfortable just pottering around in my own space. And this is something I'm aware of and something I know I can't just let sit because if I just leave it, what will I turn into? I'll turn into a hermit very easily. And so I think this is why I'm pushing myself to go out and into the office is something that I do need to do. But this weekend, I've just been working in the, like, I'm not going to lie, my daily routine has not been, I've decided against working out in the mornings. I've decided, I know I gave you that whole thing about, I'm going to work out in the mornings, but I'm just not that person. But it doesn't matter because right now I have been doing the eight hours sleep and I have been journaling every day and I have been listening to podcasts again and I have been looking at my vision board every single night and I feel like I'm starting to find myself again. I feel like I'm starting to push forward with what I want and I'm starting to get in alignment with what my goals are. I just whistled then. Did you hear that? That was an accident. Sorry. (laughs) I feel like I'd become very out of alignment with what I wanted and where I was going. I really felt like I was floating and I didn't know how to put everything together. But this year I feel on top of it. This year I feel like I'm not just spending all my time scrolling. I feel like I'm learning to have a life outside of work because it's easy to try and have a life outside of work, but I didn't really feel like I was doing it. I didn't really feel like I was pushing myself. But this year I do. I think I've got that new lease of like energy and also I'm getting more confident in my job. I know what I'm doing. The anxiety is slowly disappearing and it's just like, I'm just getting more comfortable with my current situation. I think that does just come with time. I think so much about growing up is about adjusting. And I think it's this constant evolution of like, change, adjustment, change, adjustment, change, adjustment, change, adjustment, and minor points of where you're comfortable. And then it all changes again, you're uncomfortable. And it's just this constant growing because you're getting better and your life is getting bigger and your options are getting more and more. And it's just getting like this constant cycle of your life's getting better and better and better and better. And that's exciting. But it can also be a little bit all consuming when you can feel like you're constantly feeling anxious because that's been kind of how I've been feeling recently. I've been feeling anxious all the time. And so carving this space out to kind of get to know myself again, which sounds really weird, but taking the time to journal every night, looking at the vision board, thinking like, what do I want? Ultimately, all these things I'm doing are because I want to do them. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do a single thing, you know? Seeing that and like kind of making myself feel very aware of like, these are all active choices I'm making. It's made me feel like I have a lot more control over my life and it's kind of reducing that anxiety a little bit and it's allowing me to kind of put things in perspective. And I think that's one of the things that I'm really trying to do this year is put things in perspective because my mind runs away with me. My mind will go like a runaway train and I'll make myself feel so anxious and I'll beat myself up over like the tiniest of mistakes and I'll let it ruin an evening when it really doesn't need to, when it's really not the end of the world. And so anyway... Onto the content part of this week's podcast where we're talking about something a little bit different. I know we normally talk about an advice thing or a thing that's going on, but I felt like it was time that I introduced myself again and we spoke about why the podcast even began in the first place. Because You've Got Mail has been on such a journey in the last two years and so many different things have happened and yet the core of it has always stayed the same, but I've never really told you why. I've never told you why the podcast means so much to me and why it means so much that you listen and what 
I hope that it brings you. So anyway, on to the content part for this week's podcast. So on this week's episode of the podcast, I was really kind of mixed opinions about what I wanted to talk about. First, I wanted to talk about like making mistakes and how to forgive yourself. And I do think that would be a good podcast episode and I probably will be doing that next week. But then all of a sudden I realized that I've never actually explained why. I've never explained why I created You've Got Neville, You've Got Neville, You've Got Mail. I've never explained what I wanted it to me. I've never explained the vision that I had. And now we here we are like two years later and it's just kind of like, I just started, I just started recording the podcast and I just learned as I went, but I never really explained why. I never took you from the journey to the start of the podcast. You just started the journey along with me. And it's weird because I look back over, like I've been recording this podcast for two years now, two years. And it made me feel a little bit emotional because I have recorded an episode every single week for two years. There's not, even when I was traveling, I'd always recorded an episode. I remember before I flew to Bali, I literally recorded three episodes that morning. I woke up like 7am, recorded three episodes so I would have content to produce whilst I was away. There has never been a period where I haven't, oh no, there has, there was a brief period when I first got going where I was not consistent with it in the slightest. But the thing is, you've been through everything. And I was just looking back at all the podcasts, because this is the thing, I never reflect back. I never just, I never look back at the old titles. I never, ever listen back to an episode, ever. And I always had this like sick feeling that I'm just repeating myself over and over and over again. Like I don't have any new ideas and no new content. And it's all just like me just saying the same things over and over and over again, which would be my worst nightmare to just be really boring and repetitive. And so I had a little check back and I just thought about all of these things that I've talked about and I looked at the end of the year episodes and I think they're the episodes that for me are probably like some of the most important ones because I've always recorded, I don't know why I'm getting emotional, like it's just really weird, I don't know why I'm finding this emotional, but like those episodes, the end of the year episodes are like massive roundups of my life. And I've done one at every big chapter change and just the fact that like you have been here along through all of those journeys just makes me really like happy. It makes me feel really proud and it makes me feel really like connected to the world because I think so often we feel really isolated and so many of my friends feel lonely at points. Our society is a plague of loneliness and that was why I started You've Got Mail. That was the reason because I felt really lonely I felt really, really lonely. I'd just left uni. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really have loads of friends. And I just kind of felt a bit lost with everything. And I thought, well, I need to have something going on in my life that's not just work. I need to create a hobby, a side thing, because we all know that I don't really relax like a normal person. And so I created You've Got Mail because I didn't want anyone else to feel as lonely as I had felt. And I just thought that it might provide some comfort to someone even if the only person it provided comfort to was me, because recording those episodes every single week gave me that sense of purpose. And then since that point, I have realised how much of a plague loneliness is, how it is one of the biggest diseases of our generation. And I find it weird because we're getting more and more people, the population is constantly increasing, yet as it increases, our ability to become anonymous also increases. Our ability to for friendships, our ability to connect to the people around us seems to diminish the more that we are. Because I think 
the need to make those friendships becomes less. Because beforehand, you were all going to be friends. You lived in a small town. It would be rude not to. Whereas now, you live in such a place with so many people that it is so easy to not go noticed. It is so easy to slip under the radar. And loneliness, I've been watching... Do you remember those blue documentaries that I told you about that I've been watching about the blue zones? One of the facts that they're bringing in that is that loneliness can reduce your life expectancy by 15 years. 15 years. And my whole thing about my life, I've realised, like, when it all comes down to it, when it comes down to what do I want to have achieved at the end of it all? Like, what do I want to... Lying on my deathbed, looking up at the ceiling, what do I... Like, what would be the thing that made me think, like, I did a good job. I did a really good job and I'm proud of myself for that. And, like, the biggest thing for that would have just been making a positive difference. Just making someone else's life, like, just making someone happy. Just bringing a little bit of joy and making the world, like, a bit of a better place. And, like, I know as generic as that want is, but I think the reason it's such a generic want is because we are all cogs of the same machine. And if everyone tried to make the world just, like, a little bit of a better place the world that we live in would be so much kinder and it'd be so much more fun and it'd be so much more loving. And I think that's now when I realise, like, why why do I carry on doing this every single week, even when I don't want to? Because there are weeks where I don't want to record a podcast episode. There are weeks where I can't be bothered. There are times where I just want to chill out, where I just want to go outside, where I don't want to think about having to record something, not because I don't love talking to you all, but because my brain can't handle another thing. And yet every single time I do it and I create that space for myself, I'm reminded about how important it is. And I think when I look back at all of the different episodes and the amount of people it's connected me to and the people I've chatted to through the podcast, I'm just reminded how similar we all are. Because the fact that like, I'm a 23-year-old living in London, working in the corporate world, like that is my day-to-day life at the moment. And yet, so many of your lives will be so different to that and so many of you can relate because no one really knows what's going on in their 20s. I'm realising this more and more as I talk to different people and they tell me that they're jealous of this person and they're comparing themselves to another person and then I talk to that other person and they're not happy with their life comparing themselves to another person. No one knows what they're doing. No one has a clue. No one has any idea what they're doing. Everyone is just constantly trying to work it out. And I think that's why I created You've Got Mail, because I wanted you to realise that you weren't going to be on your own in all of this, that I was going through it exactly with you. And no matter how alone you felt, you would never truly be on your own because you always had the podcast. You always had the podcast to look back on and you always had the podcast to connect to and you always had the knowledge that someone else was going through exactly what you're going through. And even if it wasn't exactly how you felt, it would bring a different perspective that might be more relevant to someone else that you know. And then it would make you understand their point of view from another perspective. And it just kind of, I just wanted, I just wanted you to know you weren't alone. And I think that's what I mainly want from the podcast. And when I see about where you've got males going and why do I want to continue creating it, I just see it being this massive force for just bringing people together. Because that is the core oh. That is the core of what I want it to be. I want, I feel like our generation, we're so easy to, like, we're so quick to comment something and judge something. It's so much more normal. I saw this one TikTok and she was saying about how this girl, or I think it was a girl, 
I don't know. Anyway, this person had recorded a video and it was videoing this other person and they were wearing a suit on the beach. And he was just, they were just like, isn't it, I, I wonder if this guy's okay. And that was the video. That was it. And someone like stitch it and they were just like, wouldn't it be wild to me? Wouldn't it be just like wild if instead of videoing people and saying, I wonder if I should ask if they're okay, just going up and asking if they were okay. Like rather than pretending to connect via the internet and giving this kind of like false reality about it all, we actually connected. We actually checked in on people. We actually had that interaction. What would happen? What would our world look like? How would we be different? What would be the different ways that we'd grow? What would be the different ways that we'd connect? What would be the different ways that we would feel? Because I look around and I see so many people living their own independent lives. But one of the biggest things about that longevity conversation, the most important thing was being connected. Because when you're connected, you'll have a purpose. When you're connected, you have people who give you love. When you're connected, you feel like life is worth living. Because I think loneliness can be one of those things that can make life very hard. Because so much of the... like. There's that saying, and I can't remember who it is by, but it describes how, like, when you're living on your own in isolation, you're just living. Whereas it's when you interact with someone that you get to explore your personality. I don't even know if that's a saying, but maybe I've just made it up. I don't think I've made it up. I don't think I'm that smart. But do you know what I mean? When you think about it, you can be on your own and it's important to spend time on your own and getting to know yourself, but you can only truly get to know yourself in the presence of others. And yet our generation is so hard to meet other people because everyone is so kind of like set in their ways and set in their ways of entertainment and set in their ways of doing things. Like imagine if everyone in the world didn't scroll and instead they were all spending that hour at sports clubs or different society clubs type things like a book club or they were spending time doing a hobby or they were going out and eating or they were socialising and that was what they did. And I guess maybe we haven't replaced, maybe we've just replaced quieter hobbies with scrolling, like maybe it isn't quite such a big difference and I'm not saying if you're, well I can't remember the word now, the opposite of like a really sociable person, the, oh, what's the word? Introvert, the word is introvert. Maybe, I'm not saying if you're an introvert, like you need to really push yourself out of your comfort zone and like change your way. That's not what I mean at all. But I'm just saying, I wonder how different the world would look. And so I think that is why I created You've Got Mail because the world is gonna look very, very different in 10 years time. The world is gonna be a completely different place. And I just want to know that I have people to go through it with me. That when we're all in 10 years time and we're all 10 years older and we're all 10 years wiser, that we'll have all been through it together. That you won't have ever felt a moment where you did feel alone. That hopefully it'll grow into something where we can all actually like connect in real life and I can run events and it can just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger to become an actual like proper force for good where it's not just me and us and I think that's why I like that's where the name of you've got mail came from because I wanted it to feel like a letter to you I want it to feel like we've just had a FaceTime I want it to feel like we've just connected over a cup of coffee I don't want it to feel like you're really far away and I think when I think of a lot of different podcasts that I like and that I don't like I want this to feel like a phone call that was something that was really important to me 
And that was the way that I could make this more of a force for good. And so I guess all that comes is like, I'm just thankful that you're listening. I'm thankful that you like it. And I'm so excited to see where things go. And I just wanted you to know that whatever you're going through, it's going to be okay. And whatever happens in the coming years that we both go through, it's going to be okay. Because we're going to go through it together. But anyway, on to the question part for this week's podcast. So on to the question part for this week's podcast. And guys, I've got a whole new setup. I've actually clipped the microphone on because I realised that I don't. I just move my hands too much to hold it. And I realised at points in the last podcast, you can't actually hear what I'm saying because I'm so expression. Like, how embarrassing is this? I was talking to my sister using my hand expressions and she started doing magic signs back to me like because it looked like I was doing like magic like it looked like I was like trying to shoot fireballs and stuff and I was like this is so embarrassing that must be what everyone thinks because I'm just I just use my hands every single time I'm talking but anyway that's not the point of this we're going to the question part of the podcast okay how are you able to tell if this is your right road to walk when I first read this question I thought you were asking me, how do I know that my road is the right one to walk on? Which technically you are, but I took it quite literally and I was like, well, it's just my address. I know this, but no. Do you know what? I don't know if you ever know. See, you've just got to keep trying things that make you happy. And if things don't make you happy straight away, you've got to give them a chance to make you happy. You've got to give everything at least six months. And then you've got to reevaluate it. And I think that's the thing, trying new jobs, trying new things. You've got to actually try it properly try it give yourself time to get over the nerves give yourself time to get over the fact that you're new give yourself time to learn the ropes and if after you've given yourself a chance you're still really really hating it and you're just thinking this isn't sustainable then you need to find something that you want to change too you need to work out what you're not enjoying about it you need to work out how you can find a career that you do love because I think the only way you can truly tell if this is your right path in life is if it's making you happy But you have to remember, not everything is going to make you happy all of the time. And I think that's one of the hardest things about our generation is that we think like things should make you happy majority of the time. But you are going to have moments of stress in whatever you do. And I don't want you to be chasing this idea of this like perfect lifestyle because there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something that you find unhappy. There's always going to be something that you don't enjoy, that you find stressful. But it's just working out a path where that stress is manageable and you can do it and you feel okay. And I think that's the thing. So although you may never know if it's truly the right path, you've just got to know that it's making you happy. And you've got to trust that as soon as you try something, if you've properly given it a shot, then you are allowed to change. You're not agreeing to that thing forever. What if I never trust anyone again? What if I never find my happy ending? We've had a few questions like this on the podcast recently, and I just want you to realise that you will. You're so young. You are so young. Imagine doing everything that you've done four more times. You only get to 80. You know, you are so young and you don't realise that. You could live your entire lifetime four times over and you still would be alive. You've just got to trust in the process. You've got to give things time to work out. You've got to allow yourself to meet new people. You've got to give yourself time to grow. Because as you grow and change, the people that you attract into your life will also grow and change. The people that you want to surround yourself with, the people that you really enjoy their company, they will change too. 
and with that brings you a new circle of friends and with that brings you new people to meet and with that brings you new people to trust and then you will find your happy ending because you will meet those people but also that happy ending doesn't come from the people around you they can bring you a lot of happiness but that peace that kind of sense of tranquility comes from yourself it comes from you giving yourself space to experience the world and all it has to offer and realizing that nothing is the end of the world and it's really some advice I need to take in because I've spent all evening stressing about a mistake that I've made and just really make myself feel really anxious about it but if you're not going to worry about this in five years time then don't worry about it now because you could waste so much time with these what-ifs instead of focusing on this present that you have right now that is not going to last forever you're not going to be the age you are now forever you are going to grow up and you're going to look back on this time and you're just going to have thought I never had any control over the future anyway, so why did I waste so much time worrying about it? And I think that's really what I'm thinking right now is like, I honestly have no clue what I'm going to be doing when I'm 25. I couldn't tell you. 27? God knows. Like, I literally have no idea. Will I be travelling the world? Will I have a kid? Will I be working in corporate world? Will I be doing pod the pod? Like, I don't know what I'll be doing. No one knows what they'll be doing. And that's okay. But you can't waste your life looking at the what-ifs. You've just got to keep going. You've just got to realise that the what-ifs are always going to be there. And the sooner that you make peace with them, the better. Any books you really want to read this year? Funny you ask that, actually. We're going to go into books later. But I'm starting to read Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow. It's meant to be really good. My boyfriend's mum got it for me for Christmas. And I'm really excited to read it. It looks brilliant. I'm really into reading at the moment. And... I just, it's just, it's my new thing. It's not really a new thing. I just think over Christmas, it just got too busy to read. I really ran out of time and I didn't prioritize it as an activity because I wanted to be with the people around me. But since trying to spend less time on my phone, reading has become a really good way for me to just kind of escape from everything. Not in a dramatic way, just in a needing some time out. And so that I really want to read this year. Other books, I feel like I want to read a classic. Like, I want to read, like, an Emily Bronte or, like, a really, a really classic book. Like, Little Women I put off for so long, and I loved that book. That book was incredible. It was honestly brilliant. And so I want another book like that. So if you have any recommendations that are like Little Women, like, quite like a... I've read Great Gatsby, and I liked it, but, like, I don't want to... And I've read... Like, I've read... I don't know... I need to have a look, I need to make a list, but also my favourite thing is just going to the library and just picking whatever I want to read based on the cover, based on the story that I think looks good. Like, I like it not being too much of a stressful thing, you know? Like, so many things in my life are goal-orientated, but sometimes it's just nice to just pick whatever, and I like the freedom that that gives me, and, like, the weirdest, like, it sounds so boring to be like, I don't like to put rules on my reading, but, like, so many things in my life are just set goals that I don't like to put goals like limits on it but if you have any ideas and please message me because I'm always looking for new recommendations I thought about rereading Harry Potter and maybe I will do that but I'm realizing that if I just waste all my time rereading books I'm never going to have read everything that I want to read so maybe that's not a good idea on to the last question of the podcast this week I just dropped out of uni as I couldn't stop thinking about what could have been had I chosen to study something I actually enjoy how do I stop doubting my decision and how do I stop thinking about the worst case scenario if my application isn't successful? My reapplication isn't successful, sorry. Hmm. 
This is again, these what ifs. You prioritised what made you happy and you gave yourself the chance to try something new. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You would never have got to change career, like, well, you would have, but like, you would never have got to study this course at uni if you hadn't applied. So yes, you might not get in, but you also might. And you would never have known that had you not reapplied. And so please stop beating yourself up thinking about what could have been with this career that you didn't even want. But also I remember watching this video and it was saying by Shelby and she was saying about how she's never, like she sometimes wonders like, does she feel guilty for picking a career path which isn't in line with her educational achievements? And she said that like, we now live in a world where you can learn just to learn and not everything has to be connected. And I think that's also really important to realize that like, Learning now is as much about just learning, finding something really interesting and growing in that. And so it's okay if this doesn't go with the plan you had. It's okay if you don't end up with a career with the job you want. And it's okay if your degree doesn't lead to the job you always thought it would. Like, it's okay. It's okay to study something and not commit your life to it. You no longer have to be set on this train track and be going all the way. And I think that's really something to remember. A lot of this podcast has been about prioritizing your happiness and prioritizing things that make you feel good because you don't have to do anything that doesn't you don't have to do the things that don't make you feel happy there is always another option that if it makes you happier then it is the better off and I think it's about realizing what's more important in your life yes you could have picked that thing you could have stayed in your course and you could have got that job that you didn't even want and you could have lived your life miserably but what would have been the point What does it matter if you have so much money but you're miserable all of the time or you're anxious all of the time? What does it matter? What type of quality of life is that? And I think that's something that we all need to be aware of in our 20s, that you're never too committed for something, that you can always do something else, that you're never, ever in too deep. So one of the new things that I've done this week, and guys, I'm not going to lie, I'm so obsessed with Traitors. As a house, we're watching it, and it's such a good house programme to watch. I'm so invested. It's ridiculous. I never get invested in game show programmes because I always get really, really bored. But this is worth it. This is brilliant. It's all about these. So 20 people go to this house. It's on BBC iPlayer. And 20 people go to this house. I think it's 20. I'm kind of making that number up, but I think it is 20. And then the whole game is like this big game of Cluedo, Four people in the house are the murderers. They're the traitors. And every single night they get to murder one person. Everyone else in the house is faithfuls. And they've got to play challenges all as a group to try and win money. And every single day they've got to vote on who they think the traitors are by who they think is suspicious that day. You obviously know everything. There's so much drama. Honestly, it's well worth a watch. Because also it's just normal people. It's not influencers, which kind of gets boring to watch like do you know what I mean like it just love island no whereas this is just like normal people and some people are so good at it like genuinely would definitely recommend it I didn't understand the hype and now I get the hype so I would definitely recommend watching that other things that I've been watching have been mainly that I'm not gonna lie I've been watching it as a house we've also started Dairy Girls because I've been wanting to watch it forever and it is really funny like it's actually well worth a watch I think it's on Netflix or Prime it's just a really good thing. Like It's just fun. Like I liked it a lot. I've never got into it, but I saw loads of TikToks about it and everyone's saying how good it is. And it is really good. So that's also like a fun one to watch. I also watched Fleabag this week because there's only two seasons. 
I didn't realize and there's only six episodes each in each season so you can definitely watch it within like a week two weeks I really liked that I think I've never like properly got into it I've always just watched bits and bobs because I didn't realize how short it was and I just was like oh I can't fully commit I definitely should have just carried on and so we watched it all together as a house and that was really nice because I think the episodes are only half an hour long and it's just a really I like I think she's called Phoebe something but I really like the things that she writes she also wrote um what was it James Bond and she wrote another thing but it's just a really interesting storyline it's just really really funny and I wish there was going to be another season but sadly there isn't and it's just one of those things that just ends how it ends and I think it definitely leaves you wanting more because the lady who plays Fleabag is like iconic She's so funny. The things she says, like just the way her expressions and everything is brilliant. So we definitely recommend watching that as well. Reading wise, I have finished Small Pleasures. What was that ending? Anyway, I don't want to spoil it until you've read it. So this is your thing now. You should read it. If you haven't read it, read it. It's great. It's a really good book. I took me it's a very easy one to read as well. Like I missed having books like that where it's just like you really immerses you in the story. And now I'm moving on to tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I did have this book from the library, but I'm just not feeling invested in it. I'm just not. And it turns out my friend at work's reading tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. And so we're going to chat about it. I love talking about books with people. Next week, I'm going to talk about small pleasures and the new things I've done this week because I want to discuss it with you, but I don't want to spoil it in case you're thinking about reading it. So this is your one week warning to get that book started if you want to or get prepared to skip on next part's podcast because I'm going to talk about it at the end. But anyway, this weekend we're going to do first table and we're going to get a nice meal out somewhere because I'm really in the mood for nice food, like a really nice Mexican, although I've had chili every single day this week. How embarrassing is that? I've literally had chili for four days in a row because I did batch cooking, never again. Well, actually I will be doing it again on Sunday, but I made this frittata and I made this chili and it really has lasted me well. But I don't know how it cost me so much money. I spent 40 quid and I don't even know what on because all of my food is gone. Like I've eaten it all, but I couldn't even tell you what I spent it on because it's really not that impressive. Like I really don't have that much to show for it. But anyway, thank you for listening. Honestly, it makes me so happy that you want to listen to the podcast and I hope you're having a lovely week. Make sure you're following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you got underscore pod. And I can't wait to speak to you soon. I love you. Bye.